As you've been seated, I want to invite you to open your Bibles to the New Testament book of Ephesians. Uh, we are continuing in our sermon series on prayer titled Lifeline, Getting Help from God Through Prayer. We need God's help to live God's way. We get God's help to live God's way as we pray. We've been in this series now for several weeks and we've come to a greater understanding and awareness that prayer is a must for us as followers of Jesus Christ. It's a must for us on a day-by-day basis all through the day as we seek to live for Jesus. Paul wrote the book of Ephesians to the believers in the church in Ephesus. Paul wrote uh, Ephesians from a prison cell in Rome. Paul loved the believers in Ephesus. Paul spent three years ministering to and with the believers in Ephesus. Paul left He left Timothy to pastor the church in Ephesus after Paul left Ephesus to continue along his ministry journeys and his missionary journeys. We know that Ephesus was an influential city. It was the capital city of Asia Minor, uh, which is today the country of Turkey. It was located on the Aegean Sea coastline, and so it was a center for business and commerce by land and by sea. Ephesus was known for its huge amphitheater and large stadium where uh, plays and athletic contests and fights and races and events were held. We also know that Ephesus was an idolatrous city. Ephesus was known for being the place where the Temple of Diana was located. The Temple of Diana, the fertility goddess, was one of the seven ancient wonders of the world. It was located here in Ephesus. God did an amazing work in and through and around his church, the believers in his church in Ephesus. And the words that Paul wrote to the believers in Ephesus years and years ago are still true for us today as we seek to live our lives for Jesus Christ. In the first three chapters of the book of Ephesus, or the book of Ephesians, we see that Paul focused his attention and his writing in chapters one, two, and three on doctrine, what we believe. In the second three chapters of Ephesians, chapters four, five, and six, Paul focused his attention on duty, how we behave. The reason for this is our beliefs determine our behavior, our convictions determine our conduct. And as we look in Ephesians chapter 1, we will notice real quickly that Paul started the book of Ephesians by telling us to praise God. He wanted us to praise God. In Ephesians 1 verse 3, Paul wrote, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing there is to be blessed by. With every spiritual blessing possible for us to receive, we have received all those blessings in Christ Jesus. We should praise God for his forgiveness. We should praise God for his grace. We should praise God for his love. We should praise God for his mercy. We should praise God for his peace. We should praise God for his power. We should praise God for his salvation by his grace at work in us through our faith and trust in Christ Jesus. Paul wanted us to understand at the beginning of Ephesians, we need to praise God. Paul ended this book of Ephesians by telling us to say, please God. If you look in Ephesians chapter 6 in verse 18, Paul wrote, with every prayer and request, 
pray at all times in the Spirit and stay alert in this with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Paul started Ephesians by saying, praise God. Paul ended Ephesians by saying, please God. He started with praise and he ended with prayer. Paul, thankfully, didn't just preach about prayer or teach about prayer or write about prayer. Paul prayed. If you look back in Ephesians chapter 1 and verses 15 and 16, you will read these words that Paul wrote to these believers. He said, this is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. We know Paul prayed. We know this by this passage and by all the other writings that we read from Paul in the New Testament. There are many reasons for us to pray every day, all day. The context of Ephesians chapter 6 points us to one of these reasons that we need to pray every day, all day. Prayer is a powerful weapon in the battle of spiritual warfare for you and for me. Prayer is a a powerful weapon in this battle of spiritual warfare for us. And so we're going to look at the role of prayer as it relates to the battle of spiritual warfare for us today because we are all, as followers of Jesus Christ, in the battle of spiritual warfare. So let's start with a simple definition. Spiritual warfare is the daily battle we face against our enemy Satan as we seek to live for Jesus. It's the daily battle we face against Satan as we seek to live for Jesus. Spiritual warfare is the daily battle we face against Satan as we seek to live for Jesus. The battlefield where spiritual warfare is fought, where this battle is waged on a day-by-day basis, is our minds. God wants to fill our minds with his truth so that we can think his way. Satan wants to fill our minds with his lies and temptations and doubts so that we will think his way. The reason the battle of spiritual warfare is fought in our minds is because our beliefs determine our behavior. Our convictions uh, determine our conduct. And Paul emphasized this throughout his writings, here specifically in Ephesians chapter 6, but also in other points in his writings. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, Paul encouraged the believers of the church in Rome, do not be conformed to this age but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Paul said here to the believers in the church in Rome, just as he did to the believers in the church here in Ephesus, he said, don't be conformed to this age. Don't think the way the world wants you to think. Don't allow this world to mold and shape your thinking and your thought process into the way this world thinks, which is in rebellion against God and opposition to God. As Christ followers, Paul said, instead, God wants to transform us. That means God wants to make us more like Jesus day by day. He wants to transform us, which happens as we renew our minds on the truth of his word so that we're able to think his way. Because when we think his way, we feel and act his way. And so we know the more we fill our minds with the truth of God's word, the more we are able to know and follow the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God for our lives. If you want to know God's will, it's real simple. Get in God's word. 
And the more we know God's word, the more we fill our minds with God's word, the more we're able to discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. And so in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul is going to share with us some truths about spiritual warfare. He's going to help us so that we might be able to walk in the victory that is ours in Christ Jesus today, uh, the rest of this day, and this week as well, so that we'll be able to help others to walk in the victory that is theirs in Christ Jesus. We'll see this come to light as we look at this passage together. So let's look in Ephesians chapter 6 in verse 10. Paul begins his focused teaching at the end of this book of Ephesians on spiritual warfare in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Let's read that out loud together. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. We are able to be strengthened by the Lord because we know the Lord. We have already learned from Paul in the book of Ephesians, also in our own testimony as followers of Jesus Christ, that we are on God's team by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 1, we have redemption through his blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sin in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 2, for by grace you are saved through faith. This is not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 5, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. We are on God's team. We're members of God's family by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. We can be strengthened by the Lord Because we know the Lord. Paul here, in talking about spiritual warfare, in verse 10, he said, be strengthened. Be strengthened is a present passive imperative. It's important, and you'll see why here in just a moment. It's a present passive imperative. The present tense means we're to be be strengthened daily. Day by day, all through the day. The uh, imperative mode means that it's a command for us. So it's a command for us to obey. We are commanded to be strengthened day by day by day, all through the day. Now, the passive voice means the action, the strengthening is done to us, not by us. It's done to us, not by us, because it's in the passive voice. Paul is not saying be strengthened by your power. Paul is not saying the first key when it comes to spiritual warfare is you got to be strengthened by your power. You got to be as strong as you can be. You got to do as much as you can do. You got to be on your game. You have got to be walking. I mean, just right. And you've got to just be on every moment of every day. No, Paul actually said, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. The strengthening that happens every day all through the day is by the Lord strengthening us by his vast strength as we surrender to him and as we depend on him day by day. He's the one strengthening us. So the first key when it comes to spiritual warfare that we're seeing here is that we're going to walk in our victory in spiritual warfare as we give up, as we get out of God's way, as we surrender ourselves to God, as we depend on God so that he might empower us, so that he might strengthen us. Why? Because his strength is vast. His strength is limitless. And so we see how important this is for us. And then he continues in verses 11 and 12. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the tactics of the devil. For our battle is not against flesh and blood. Say that with me. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. Paul here reminds us real quick that our battle is against Satan, not one another. 
Satan's tactics include lying to us, tempting us, accusing us, uh, casting doubts for our minds to buy into. All of his tactics done in the hope that we will turn away from God and turn to sin and disobedience against God. Satan is relentless and his attacks on us because he hates us and he wants to destroy us, which is why we must be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. And then he continues and says in verse 13, this is why you must take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. Paul tells us here that God gave us spiritual armor to wear in spiritual warfare. We must put on the armor of the Lord because it protects us on a day-by-day basis from giving into Satan's tactics, temptations, and lies designed to destroy us. And he continues, and he shares this armor with us in verses 14 through 17. Stand therefore, Paul wrote, with the truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take the shield of faith, And with it, you will be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. And so we see, Paul said in verse 14, real clearly, stand therefore. Stand therefore is an aorist imperative. It's an urgent command that we're to follow on a day-by-day basis. Stand therefore. He's saying, because of the reality of spiritual warfare, Paul's saying, because our enemy is coming against us. Paul's saying, because we don't have the strength to stand up against him. But because he tells us that God has the strength and more than enough strength to help us stand up against him, which is why we must make sure that we're humbling ourselves before the Lord. We're surrendering ourselves to him day by day. We're walking in obedience to him and by faith in him. We're putting on this armor so that we might be able to walk in the victory that is ours in Christ. We stand firm in spiritual warfare in the Lord's strength. We stand firm in spiritual warfare wearing the Lord's armor. And Paul now finishes this teaching on spiritual warfare on a high note in verse 18 by calling on us to pray and pray and pray and pray some more. He says in verse 18, with every prayer and request, pray at all times in the spirit and stay alert in this with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. He's telling us, We stand firm in spiritual warfare in the Lord's strength. We stand firm in spiritual warfare wearing the Lord's armor. We stand firm in spiritual warfare as we pray. We must pray constantly so that we can receive God's encouragement and instruction and wisdom to help us in our daily battle against our enemy, to help us in this battle of spiritual warfare that rages in our minds moment by moment, step by step, day by day. I love what pastor and author John Piper said. He said, prayer is our wartime walkie-talkie to God. Prayer is our wartime walkie-talkie to God. We can cry out to him at any moment. And as we follow his instructions, We walk in victory. 
And so as we use our wartime walkie-talkie to God, we are able to walk in the victory that is ours in Christ Jesus. So let's look at several points here that we see in verse 18. We're going to focus now on verse 18. Let's look at several points about prayer that Paul shares with us in verse 18 that will help us uh, to pray and that will help us uh, especially to see the value and the power of prayer as it relates to the battle of spiritual warfare uh, that we all engage in on a day-by-day, moment-by-moment basis. The first point we see here is pray. Pray. It says, with every prayer and request, pray. Pray is in the present tense, and so he's really saying, with every prayer and request, keep on praying. Don't stop praying. Pray and pray and pray and pray some more. Every prayer and request. Paul said, pray. With every prayer and request, pray. Every prayer and request means all kinds of prayers. Urgent prayers. The more relaxed and calm prayers. Short prayers, long prayers, general prayers, specific prayers. All prayers. Pray. What he's saying is prayer needs to be our first resource, not our last resort. It needs to be our first resource and not our last resort as we engage in this battle of spiritual warfare. I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 55, beginning in verse 16. Jot this down if you're taking notes. Psalm 55, verses 16 through 18. It's a fantastic passage. The psalmist said, but I call to God, I pray to God, and the Lord will save me. I complain and groan. That literally means I pray and cry out. I complain and groan. I pray and cry out morning, noon, and night, And he hears my voice. God hears my voice. Though many are against me, he will redeem me from my battle unharmed. Though many are against me, though the assault on my mind continues to come more and more and more day by day, as I cry out, as I pray, as I complain and groan, as I cry out to the Lord for help, he hears my voice, he answers me, and he rescues me from the battle unharmed. And so we see how vitally important it is for us to pray. Second point is pray at all times. Paul said with every prayer and request, pray at all times. At all times means all seasons, every moment, every opportunity. Pray at all times means it's always the right time to pray. Pray at all times literally just means pray at all times. Continue to have that open dialogue with the Lord. Continue presenting our requests to him. Remember the uh, interruptions at times to our daily schedules, which happens to all of us. The interruptions to our daily schedules that we may not have planned on dealing with are oftentimes divine appointments designed by God to call us to pray. They're oftentimes divine appointments that God is using to get our attention because he wants us at times, many times, he wants us to pray. When God brings a prayer request to our minds, what Paul is saying to us is when God's bringing a prayer request to our minds, at that moment, we need to pray for that person, that request, that need, that situation, that request. When he brings those requests to our mind, We need to pray at that moment. When someone asks us to pray for them, we need to pray with them and for them, if at all possible, at that moment. When someone asks us to pray for a request for someone they know, we need to pray with them for that request 
for someone they know at that moment, if at all possible. Listen, Satan is relentless in his attacks on our minds. Satan is relentless in this battle of spiritual warfare. Therefore, we need to be relentless in our prayers to God. We must be relentless in our prayers to God. When God brings those prayer request opportunities to our mind, it's to call us to pray. And we need to pray immediately. If it's a request for ourselves, we need to pray immediately because God is giving us an idea of what we're getting ready to go into. But if it's for someone else, we need to pray immediately for that request, for that situation, for that circumstance, for that other person. Because we know one thing for sure, that other person's brother, sister in Christ, they're in the battle of spiritual warfare, just like we are. And they need our prayer support just like we need their prayer support. He says, third point is pray in the spirit. With every prayer and request, pray at all times in the spirit. This means pray in Jesus' name. It means pray for God's will to be done, not our will. We can pray for our will, but we always submit our will to the will of God the Father, which is the exact example that Jesus gave us before going to the cross. When he said, not my will, Father, your will be done. We're to pray in harmony with what God wants. Because we know praying in the Spirit, praying for what God wants is best because God knows, wants, and does what is best for us and those around us. And so we pray at all times in the Spirit. Now, as we walk in the Spirit, as the Scriptures encourage us to do, as we are filled with the Spirit, and as we walk in the Spirit, as Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 5 and in Galatians chapter 5, as we walk in the Spirit, we will pray in the Spirit. As we walk by faith in God, we will pray in faith to God. As we walk in obedience to God, we will pray for what God wants even more than what we want. And so we're praying at all times in the Spirit. And then he, fourth point, he says, pray for one another. We're to pray for one another. He says, with every prayer and request, pray at all times in the Spirit, stay alert in this with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. For all the saints. We are to pray and intercede for our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We are to pray and intercede for one another. Saints, he said, intercede for all the saints. Saints simply means those who have been set apart by God in salvation. Those who have been set apart by God uh, from sin and selfishness, and they've been set apart by God for salvation by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. Saints, biblically, are those of us who have received God's gift of salvation by his grace alone through our faith alone in Christ Jesus alone. It is so vitally important for us to pray with and for one another as often as possible because the battle of spiritual warfare does not stop. It doesn't stop. The battle of spiritual warfare doesn't stop. You know this from your own personal testimony, I'm sure. I know this from my personal testimony. We know this from the truth of God's word. Our enemy is constantly, constantly prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. He is constantly coming against us and bombarding our minds with his lies. We desperately need to pray with one another and for one another. For the endurance and the strength and the perseverance that we need, the alertness that we need, as Paul said here in verse 18. Because this battle of spiritual warfare 
never stops. And as we pray with and for one another, we're able to stand firm in our faith in Jesus together. As we pray with and for one another, it blesses us. As we pray with and for one another, it encourages us. As we pray with one another, it protects us. Because our enemy is constantly coming against us. And so we must be careful to pray with and for one another. And we need to stay alert so we can pray with and for one another. We need to stay alert as we pray with and for one another. We need to persevere as we pray for one another. We need to persevere through busyness and through our schedules and through fatigue and through distractions and through opposition and through resistance. We need to persevere. That's what Paul's saying. As we pray for one another, as we pray with one another, we don't always know exactly what one another may be dealing with, what one another may be going through, but we know without a shadow of a doubt, according to the truth of God's word, we know without a shadow of a doubt, according to our own relationship with God through faith in Christ Jesus, our own experiences, we understand the concept of spiritual warfare. We understand the concept of needing prayer. We understand the concept of struggling in the trials and tests of our faith. We understand the concept of growing in our faith in Christ in the midst of a world that is living in rebellion and sin against God. We understand this concept. We understand this truth. And so we desperately need to pray for one another. We need to persevere in our prayers for one another. We need to be alert as we pray for one another so that we'll be able to encourage one another to stand firm in our faith in Christ Jesus. This is one of the reasons why the invitation time at the end of each service is so important. And it's one of the main reasons why we continue to prioritize the invitation time at the end of the service. Why we give that time uh, the priority that it has in our services and why we continue to worship the Lord because the invitation time is an opportunity for us to respond to God. And so one of the ways in we worship God is through song. We worship God through the study of his word. We also worship God in the way in which we respond to God. And we can certainly respond to God in our chairs. We can certainly respond to God uh, during the sermon time. We can certainly respond to God after the sermon, all throughout the week. But we know and understand this one central thing is happening as God gathers us together every Sunday morning. We know he's at work. We know he's speaking. The scripture says God's always at work. God's always teaching. We know he's drawing us closer to him. We know there are things in our lives that he is asking that we, we shape, asking that we, we t- drop away. There's sins that he's convicting us of. There's things he's calling us to take those steps of faith to move into. So we know God's at work right now. We know he's speaking to every one of us. I know according to the truth of God's word by the power of the Holy Spirit living in me that this word never returns void. It always accomplishes the purpose and the plans that God has set for it. And so I'm not sure what God's speaking to you. I don't know specifically where everybody is at and your needs and where you came into this room, but I know one person who does. It's Almighty God. And I know he's speaking. So if he's speaking, he's working, he's doing all this. We're in the battle of spiritual warfare. We need to pray. And the invitation time is an opportunity for us. It's a specific, strategic time to pray together and stand firm in our faith in Christ Jesus together and to focus in those moments on responding to the Holy Spirit as he works in us and as he works through us to be a blessing to us and those around us. So it's always such a joy to be able to pray for one another. And that's exactly what Paul is encouraging us here to do, is to pray for one another. We need the prayers of our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. And now let's look at answering one simple question. Why is this prayer so important in spiritual warfare? Why is prayer 
so important for us in spiritual warfare. There's many reasons we could share. A couple that we see here in this passage. Prayer, number one, it helps us stay focused on God. It's important because it helps us stay focused on God. Prayer reminds us to keep our minds on God. Prayer reminds us to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. In the midst of all the distractions and all the uh, lies and temptations that our enemy is constantly bombarding our minds uh, with all of his uh, tactics, Prayer helps us uh, to stay focused on God, reminds us who God is. Prayer reminds us of how great our God is. Prayer reminds us that there is no one like our God. Prayer reminds us that there is no one greater than our God. Prayer reminds us that there is nothing too great for our God. Prayer reminds us of all the blessings we have from God. Prayer reminds us of all the promises that we have from God in his word. Prayer reminds us to walk in the victory that is ours in Christ Jesus. Prayer helps us focus on God so that we can walk by faith in God. Prayer helps us to keep our focus on the Lord. When our enemy comes and he tries to tempt us, to try to get us to believe that we are not significant, uh, that we are, are actually insignificant, that we have no opportunity to be used by God, that God is not at work in our lives, that God does not care about us, that our circumstances are never going to change, that this person is never going to change, that that person is never going to change, that this is not going to get any better. Uh, when he begins to bombard our minds with all of these lies, Prayer, when we go to the Lord in prayer, with every prayer and request, when we pray, that time of prayer, the Lord uses that time of prayer to, to focus our mind on him, to remind us that he's in charge, he's sovereign, he's in control, he's with us, he loves us, he's working in us, around us, and through us, he's never going to leave us or forsake us. We're never alone because he is there with us. It helps us focus our minds on God. We know that prayer also helps us stay alert spiritually. That's what Paul said here in verse 18. And stay alert in this. Prayer helps us to stay alert spiritually. Prayer helps us to keep our minds on God and his word. Prayer helps us to cast our cares and concerns on God. Prayer helps us to recognize the tactics of our enemy. Prayer helps us to resist the tactics of our enemy. Prayer helps us to persevere in our faith and trust in Christ Jesus. Prayer helps us to persevere in prayer. Prayer helps us to persevere in our love for one another. Prayer helps us to persevere in walking in obedience to this word. Prayer helps us to persevere when we find ourselves in God's waiting room as he is working on us and taking us through a time of testing and development. Prayer helps us to stay alert spiritually so that Our enemy who is prowling around us like a roaring lion looking for an opportunity to devour us does not find that opportunity to devour us with his lies and temptations and accusations. Prayer helps us stay alert spiritually so we can depend on God and trust in God and walk out our faith in God. We also know that prayer helps us spread the gospel message. Paul, thankfully, practiced what he preached as we see here in verse 19 and 20. Look at verse 19 and 20. Right after this call to pray, right after Paul is teaching us this passage on spiritual warfare, phenomenal passage on spiritual warfare, he's telling us to pray. He's calling us to pray in verse 18. Then look at what Paul says in verse 19 and 20. Pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this I'm an ambassador in chains, again referring to the fact that he's in prison in Rome writing this letter. Pray that I might be bold enough in him to speak 
as I should. I love how Paul practiced what he preached. Paul here asked the believers in the church in Ephesus, will you please pray for me? Pray that I would be clear and courageous as I share the gospel message. Pray that I would be clear and courageous while I'm here in chains. Pray that I will be clear and courageous if I'm released. Pray for me that as I share and have opportunity to speak the good news of Jesus Christ, would you pray for me that I would be bold? Would you pray for me that I would be clear? Would you pray for me that I would be courageous as I speak the words of the Lord? What an awesome prayer request. And we need that prayer from our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus today. We need the prayers of one another. I desperately need your prayers to be able to be clear and bold and courageous every time I have an opportunity to share and speak the good news of the gospel message that Jesus saves. We all need the prayers of our brothers and sisters in Christ so that we might be clear and bold and courageous as we live for Jesus day by day. So that we would be clear and bold and courageous as we have opportunities to tell others about Jesus. So that we would be clear, courageous, and bold as we shine the light of Jesus dwelling in us to all those that he places around us. We need the prayers of our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Paul here called us to pray and then right after that passage says, hey, pray for me. Pray for me. And what a great example for you and I to cry out to one another, to ask one another for prayer so that we might be effective in living our lives for Jesus Christ. As we pray, God saves. Prayer helps us and others come to know Jesus. Prayer helps us tell others about Jesus. Prayer helps us and others grow in our faith in Jesus. Prayer helps spread the gospel message that Jesus saves. And then we also see that prayer strengthens our faith. Prayer strengthens our faith in Jesus. As we pray, we see that God hears and answers our prayers. As we pray, and I hope and pray you're continuing your your prayer list uh, during this series as we began this series and encouraged everyone to to keep a prayer journal through this series because as we pray and as we keep track of our prayers, what happens is we see that God hears and answers our prayers. And as we pray, we see God at work in us and around us because when we see he answers our prayers, we understand and realize he's answering our prayers, which means what? That he's at work in us and around us and through us. And as we pray, we are able then to join God in his work in us and around us and through us. As Paul cried out to the Ephesian believers and asked them to pray for him, what he was saying was, I want you to join God in his work in and through my life by praying for me. As we pray, we become more like Jesus. As we pray, we walk in the victory that is ours in Christ Jesus. Prayer strengthens our faith. Strengthens our faith day by day, allowing us to be faithful to the Lord in the battle of spiritual warfare, allowing us to be fruitful for the Lord in the battle of spiritual warfare. Prayer strengthens our faith and trust in Christ Jesus. Billy Graham, late great evangelist, he said this, the Bible nowhere indicates that God withdraws us from the troubles in life. In fact, we become more involved in life's troubles when we come to Christ. 
But he gives us the power to go on with the battle. We access the limitless power of God as we pray. Which is why Paul said, with every prayer and request, pray at all times. In the Spirit. Stay alert in this. With all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team is going to come and lead us in this time.